It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And now there's a new form of cyber matchmaking, college networking websites. Is this perhaps the next big thing? The Facebook was launched in February 2004 as a student directory. Today, the Facebook has nearly 5 million users across 1,500 campuses. It was the social network we all joined, then slowly left behind. This is the day Facebook stood still, reporting a drop in daily active users for the first time For the first time ever, it actually lost a million global daily users in the last quarter of 2021. With rivalry from younger apps. TikTok is the latest app to capture the attention of teens and young adults across the world. In 2020, TikTok became the world's most downloaded app in front of even Instagram and Facebook government scrutiny into what happens to all the information it holds on users. Facebook held a crisis meeting today. The company now faces a federal investigation amid word it may have mishandled data for more than 50 million users. And other tech firms laying siege to its business model. Mark Zuckerberg saying that iOS 14 will cut Facebook's ad revenue because Facebook uses that info to sell targeted ads. Has the empire that began in Mark Zuckerberg's university dorm room, an empire used by almost half the world's population, run out of road? You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Jenny Kleeman. Today, the fall of Facebook. Most of us wake up in the morning, we usually find notifications from social media, from news alerts, maybe a few messages from night owl friends. But it's not so leisurely for Mark Zuckerberg, as he recently told Joe Rogan. My sort of day is like, it's like, all right, you wake up in the morning, look at my phone, you get like a million messages, right, of, of stuff that come in. It's usually not good. It's almost like every day you wake up and you're like punched in the stomach. What he has said publicly is that it's always terrible because if you think about just the empire that he rules, billions and billions of people around the world using his products, Facebook, 
Meta, WhatsApp, etc. All of the bad stuff, all of the absolute worst stuff lands in his inbox sooner or later. Speaking to me from the center of the tech universe is the Sunday Times West Coast correspondent, Danny Fortson. This is a company that has been, in the past, accused of helping to foment genocide, recruit terrorists. You have recordings of people doing some very, very horrible things, obviously with mass shooters and other things. So you can imagine with that many people on his products, every day he wakes up to just a kind of a catalog of horrors. And how is he responding to this catalogue of horrors, the deluge of bad news? You know, like a lot of people, he tries to exercise to clear his mind and he used to run. He also used to fence. But what he has taken to recently and apparently loves is fighting. What's a thing that is both like just super engaging physically, but also intellectually and where you can't afford to focus on something else? And I think to some degree, it's like MMA is like the perfect thing because it's like if you stop paying attention for one second, you're going to end up on the bottom. So he's become a big fan of mixed martial arts. He's posted, you know, videos of himself sparring with some of the top fighters in the world. And he has said that he loves nothing more than, quote unquote, wrestling with friends. I used to run a lot. But the problem with running is you can think a lot while you're running. Unlike in running where your mind can wander to all those horrible things that might be happening inside Facebook. When you're getting punched in the face or thrown to the ground, you have to be totally focused. And then, of course, he spends a lot of time in the metaverse, which is this strange kind of immersive virtual world access via virtual reality glasses that he is really betting the company on and trying to kind of will into existence basically from nothing. Why is the news so bad for Mark Zuckerberg? This company, you know, he famously started it in his uh, university dorm room back in 2004. I am 21, but I finished my sophomore year and came out to Palo Alto, fully expecting that I'd actually go back to Harvard in the fall, but didn't quite make it. The company has gotten bigger than anybody ever could have possibly imagined. It's used by 3.6 billion people every month across all of its services. And just to give you a sense of that, that's more than half of the population outside of China where it is not allowed to operate. So it's kind of almost running out of humans to have on the service. The service that the parent company Meta provides includes Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp. It's reached this point where it's gotten so big and it's this one company in Silicon Valley and it's not too big to fail, it's too big to govern. There's just so much happening there. And so it's constantly buffeted by scandal. And then you have a couple other factors that are also kind of coming together at the same time. So it's running out of room to grow. Sales have gone into reverse for the first time ever, which is kind of a shocking thing for this company that was really one of the great business success stories of this century. At the same time, you have Apple, its big rival, has pushed through these big privacy changes that, you know, anybody with an iPhone will have got that prompt. Do you want to be tracked across the internet with this app? Most people say no to those prompts. Apple rolled that out, this big, big change to privacy, probably the biggest change to privacy since the dawn of social media. And it's had a huge effect on Facebook's business because, of course, 
its whole business is about tracking you around the internet and then sending you targeted ads. And so Facebook itself has said that it estimates that that one change by Apple will cost it about $10 billion a year in sales, which is not nothing. And then lastly, you have TikTok. You have the rise of this incredible phenomenon that young people love. Last year, it passed a billion users. It is the biggest rival that Facebook has ever faced and not been able to buy because regulators won't let Facebook buy anything anymore. And so you have TikTok just siphoning away all the young people. I spoke with a young woman, Jordan Cooper, she's 19. And I said, you know, do you use Facebook? She kind of guffawed and she said, Facebook is for old people. She's like, I don't even know what the function is. I don't know what it's for. And I said, what about Instagram? Because that has always been Facebook's answer was like, well, at least we have Instagram. A lot of young people like Instagram. And she said, "Mm, not anymore. Kind of all of her friends have moved to TikTok. She said, if she's not on Instagram, she doesn't feel like she's missing out on anything. Whereas with TikTok, she's like, that is kind of the center of our culture. It's where people hang out, talk, share memes, etc. So you have this whole kind of shift away from Facebook, the kind of meta empire, and it's losing relevance. And if you lose relevance in social media, that is death. So Danny, this company, which, as you say, is used by 3.6 billion people every month, has some very serious challenges. You've set them out there in in terms of their competitors, but let's drill down on that. What exactly is it, first of all, about TikTok that Facebook and Instagram can't compete with? Well, so what's really interesting about TikTok is everybody thinks about it as a social network. It's not really. And if you just want to take a step back and think about social media, the way all social media works and has worked since uh, Mark Zuckerberg really launched this era nearly 20 years ago is something called the social graph. And so when you sign up to any of these services, the first thing you do is you look for your friends, you look for accounts you want to follow, you start following people. And based on those people and what they share and what you like from what they share, et cetera, then the algorithm starts to learn what you like, what you don't like, what you're kind of into. TikTok is entirely different. It has no interest in your friends. What it is is effectively television on steroids. It is just a pure algorithm. If you think about TikTok, if you open it, it's just one screen. There's no other kind of stuff polluting the view. So it interprets every tiny little move you make from how long you linger on a video to whether you like it to who you might share it with, etc. And they have figured out a way to intuit your deepest desires and interests with such speed and such accuracy that they have created this tool that as soon as you are on, it sucks you in. It's just this incredibly powerful mechanism that nobody has been able to mimic. How has Facebook and Instagram tried to mimic it? Zuckerberg has tried to use Instagram primarily to mimic it, and they came out with something called Reels, which is effectively a copycat feature of how you make videos, short videos on Instagram. And they have also experimented with trying to create a similar AI-driven, we're just going to send you the best viral videos, even if they're from people or creators you don't know, et cetera, trying to basically recreate 
the TikTok experience and it has completely fallen flat. No one's using it relative to what's happening on TikTok. And with the AI-based feed of viral videos, people hated that. If you've been on Instagram lately, you may have noticed that it, um, it sucks, right? <laughs> Everything is an ad and your feed is full of people you don't follow. So Kylie Jenner, who has over 300 million followers, she's one of the biggest influencers on Instagram. She put out a, this big post that said, stop trying to be TikTok. I just want to see my friends change it back. And Instagram did. But they also said, we're still going to try to go more toward the TikTok model. But, you know, sorry, we screwed up on this one. But they're just desperately trying to mimic TikTok and kind of stanch the bleeding, but it's not working. So on the one hand, you have TikTok attracting all the younger users with its very clever algorithm that doesn't require your network of, of friends to be recommending yeah. stuff to you. And now tell us about Apple. How has Apple taken a bite out of Facebook? Yeah, so this is the other big factor here is Tim Cook, the CEO of Apple, and Mark Zuckerberg, they don't like each other and they haven't liked each other for years. So if you go back in their history, when Cambridge Analytica happened, Tim Cook was very pointed in public comments saying, you know, we would just never be involved in something like this. Mark Zuckerberg, what would you do? What would I do? Um, I wouldn't be in the situation. We don't mine the information of our users. Our users are, are our quote unquote jewels. If our customer was our product, uh, we could make a ton of money. We've elected not to do that. And by the way, they just sell iPhones so they could very easily take that position. But he was always very withering publicly toward Meta. Zuckerberg says this is unfair. In fact, what he says is, is that, you know, I find that argument that if you're not paying, that somehow we can't care about you to be extremely glib. At Apple, we believe privacy is a fundamental human right. Last year, they pushed through what they called app tracking transparency, ATT. They're features that will help give users peace of mind without worrying about who's looking over their shoulder. And that has been a huge blow to the kind of Facebook ad machine, which really thrives and lives off of following you around the internet, figuring out what you're buying, what you're visiting, what you're interested in, and then sending you targeted ads. $10 billion headwind, uh, Meta says it will have this year because of these Apple privacy changes. $10 billion, essentially up in smoke because of moves made out of Apple and CEO Tim Cook. And despite Apple's disdain for Meta's <laughs> business model, Apple has been building their own ad-based revenue platform. Yeah, it's kind of one of these amazing business stories that is not very well appreciated. So I mentioned earlier how Tim Cook refers to his customers as his jewels, and he would never, ever dream of sending them targeted ads. But that is exactly what Apple is building right now. New Bloomberg report says Apple could expand advertising to new areas of your iPhone and iPad. It's looking to expand its $4 billion advertising business by ramping up the number of ads across its native app suite. So at the same time that they pushed out this big change, they said, well, we have to come up with a better way for companies, small and large, to send ads now that we've basically changed the whole landscape. How about we create our own system? 
And so that is what they are doing. And what they are selling is basically placement in the app store. So if you look for a meditation app, you can be say Headspace, which is one of them. They can pay to be the top result in those search results. And that business has gone from less than a billion dollars, you know, in the grand scheme of things, almost nothing, to some Wall Street analysts think it could hit 30 billion by 2026. So just an incredible explosion of a just new business out of thin air at the same time as they have kneecapped their rivals. It's really quite an impressive Machiavellian move by Apple. Coming up, the political controversies plaguing Meta. But first... For four years, a civil war raged at one of the richest university colleges in Britain. She decided to tell me that Martin was in big trouble. Was it a plot to bring one man down? They're allowing the silence to prosecute you. Or was something else going on? It seemed to me merciless, pitiless. I'm Andrew Billen, a journalist at The Times. The feud continues this Thursday here on Stories of Our Times. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We know that over the past half decade, Facebook has been embroiled in political controversies. Tell us about its office in Washington and what we've learned about their Washington-based staff, what they've been up to. I've spoken with a couple lobbyists in that operation, or well, now former lobbyists, and they painted a really interesting picture. They said, you know, going back, say, a decade, Facebook was still this company that people loved. It was the kind of this really interesting, new, exciting company run by this wonderkind Mark Zuckerberg, and it could kind of do no wrong, which is even just saying those words out loud here in 2022 is funny, given where we've got to, because now that operation, which started out with a couple dozen people, it employs more than 1,000. They are the single largest corporate lobbyist in America. Last year, they spent $21 million on their influence operation. 
And it is this huge machine because as we kind of touched on earlier, you have regulators around the world wanting to throw the book at social media and meta in particular. And so they have created this huge machine to try to kind of help shape the coming crackdown and what the new laws look like. And also to run some kind of opposition research is what they say in politics, you know, kind of dish dirt on their rivals. The biggest social media company in the world trying to take down one of its biggest competitors. Meta, formerly known as Facebook, hired a digital consulting firm to launch a campaign to turn the public against TikTok. What they did was try to plant negative stories in local press about TikTok, Mm. trying to paint it as the quote-unquote real threat and attributing kind of some dangerous viral challenges to TikTok when in many cases those weren't actually true, etc. But the idea was basically trying to shift the attention and shift the conversation toward there's this thing TikTok over here that's really powerful and really dangerous. And obviously the benefit of that would be there'd be less attention on Meta and Facebook itself. A TikTok spokesperson said the company was deeply concerned about the stoking of local media reports on alleged trends that have not been found on the platform. Meta defended the campaign by saying, we believe all platforms, including TikTok, should face a level of scrutiny consistent with their growing success. Which all might make you wonder how such tactics are being received in Washington. Poorly. You know, if you think about what has happened over the last few years. Let's just go back to January 6th. Sheryl Sandberg, who was still at the company at the time, she's also recently left, but at the time she kind of minimized Facebook's role in the organization of the kind of extremists that stormed the Capitol in Washington, D.C. But it did turn out that some of that activity was in fact organized on Facebook's tools. Nick Clegg, Meta's president of global affairs, refuted claims that Facebook had anything to do with the January the 6th riots. I just think that's ludicrous. The responsibility for the violence of January the 6th and the insurrection uh, on that day lies squarely with the people who inflicted the violence and those who encouraged them. Then a year later, you have Francis Haugen, the whistleblower who published thousands of internal documents. My name is Francis Haugen. I used to work at Facebook. The company's leadership knows how to make Facebook and Instagram safer but won't make the necessary changes because they have put their astronomical profits before people. The theme that came out of those documents was that internally, Facebook and Instagram particularly knew exactly the harms that were kind of built in, baked in to those services, especially around young people, young people's mental health, young women's mental health and self-image, et cetera. Yesterday, we saw Facebook get taken off the internet. I don't know why I went down, but I know that for more than five hours, Facebook wasn't used to deepen divides, destabilize democracies, and make young girls and women feel bad about their bodies. And time and again, it emerged that instead of kind of really trying to change something fundamentally to address those issues, it chose growth over making this a healthier place for its users. In response to comments by Haugen on CBS's 60 Minutes, Facebook's Director of Policy Communications wrote in a statement, 
Every day, our teams have to balance protecting the right of billions of people to express themselves openly with the need to keep our platform a safe and positive place. We continue to make significant improvements to tackle the spread of misinformation and harmful content. To suggest we encourage bad content and do nothing is just not true. And so you had January 6th, right after you had Francis Haugen. Before that, of course, you had Cambridge Analytica. And this cascade of scandals has just made a very kind of poisonous environment for Meta. You know, I was talking to the lobbyists and they're saying, especially after January 6th and Francis Haugen, it became very, very toxic. Nobody wanted to hear anything from Meta about anything. Like they were just the worst messenger you can possibly imagine. And there are real issues with TikTok, for example, but Meta is just not the messenger anybody wants to hear. You mentioned online harms. Meanwhile, in the UK, Meta's social networks have been under a lot of scrutiny recently, Mm. haven't they? A coroner has concluded that the online material viewed by Molly Russell was not safe and shouldn't have been available for a child to see. This was this very tragic case of Molly Russell, the 14-year-old from Harrow, who took her own life some years ago. And for the first time, a court ruled that social media did play a role in this case. You know, speaking with people who were in that hearing, there was not a dry eye in the house in terms of hearing the catalog of things of how this young woman was kind of pulled into what her father called the bleakest of worlds. If this demented trail of life-sucking content was safe, my daughter Molly would probably still be alive. So you talk to some people and say this could be kind of a watershed moment, again, around how Facebook works, how Instagram works, and importantly, how it is regulated. Meta, who own Instagram, told Sky News, we're committed to ensuring that Instagram is a positive experience for everyone, particularly teenagers. And Pinterest. The hope is that that case will be a, a bit of a landmark when we look back at this and say, okay, this is when some things actually really changed. In the face of all of these really significant troubles, as you say, each one of them would be a major problem, Mm. but together they're very, very significant for Meta. What is Mark Zuckerberg up to? Where is his attention focused at the moment? If you take a step back, you can kind of start to see the outlines of kind of, it's almost like the decline and fall of an empire, reaching this point where after nearly two decades, of Facebook really establishing and dominating this whole social media era. It's faced with all of these very big problems that we've just discussed. And the question is, how do you respond? Do you really dig in and figure out, okay, how can we remake this so this is better, for example? Mm. Or in the case of Mark Zuckerberg, what he is doing is saying, you know what? We're going to continue to run this whole thing that I've created, but What I'm really interested in is creating an entirely new world. The next platform and medium will be even more immersive, an embodied internet where you're in the experience, not just looking at it. And we call this the metaverse. In his vision, we will all gather as avatars and we will work, we will play, we'll have meetings, we'll earn livings, we'll go to concerts, everything. And this will be accessed by 
these virtual reality headsets. And it's a pretty far out vision. Have you been in the metaverse, Danny? I've had a little demo. I haven't spent any significant time in the metaverse, but from everybody I've talked to in my own limited experience, it just seems like a very, very, very far away destination in terms of actually this becoming a thing where people would make the affirmative choice like, okay, I'm going to spend hours a day with this headset strapped to my face, which effectively blinds me to the rest of the world and go walk around and live and work as an avatar. But he's basically betting the company on this. He's spending tens of billions of dollars a year on it. And he himself has said it could take a decade or more for this full vision to be realized. So it's a really extraordinary case of you have this huge company, they've come this far. Now they're making this massive pivot, which is why they changed their name to Meta last year, saying this is the next version of the internet. And he is just trying to will it into existence. And very interestingly, he has made himself the face of this bet. I believe the metaverse is the next chapter for the internet. And it's the next chapter for our company too. So I've been thinking a lot about what this means for our company and who we are as we embark on this journey. And he's really taken the affirmative choice to be like, I am going to be the face of this new thing because I, at my heart, am an engineer, I'm an inventor. I'm not what is effectively what he's been the last 15 years, which is I'm not a governor of this big, writhing mass of people that I have gathered online. So Mark Zuckerberg is the poster boy for it. He's betting the company on Mm. it. But what do people inside the company make of the metaverse? You know, it's a little confused. The three-line whip from on high is, this is the future. We must make this a success. Recently, there were some internal emails that were leaked from the head of the Metaverse project, this guy called Vishal Shah. And he said, basically, no one internally, including the entire team that is building the Metaverse, he was kind of chiding them. He's like, none of you are using this. How are we going to make this good if none of you are using this product that you guys are designing? And he said the mission, quote unquote, was to learn to love the metaverse or specifically Horizon Worlds, which is their main metaverse kind of social app that they're building. The complaints are that it's too buggy. People don't like it. Sometimes it makes people feel physically ill because of just the visual effects and how they interact with your brain. And it just doesn't really work. And importantly, it's just not that compelling, even to the people who are spending all their waking hours building this thing. If the metaverse isn't the future of the internet, what happens to meta? It's not going anywhere. As I mentioned, three and a half billion people use this service each month. And if you think about core Facebook, it's used by more than 2 billion people. And for people like my dad, who's in his 70s, he's on Facebook every day. And he's there because his friends are there. Goes back to this idea of the social graph. The older generations that are there and who have their friends there, there is no replacement for that. And just from a business perspective, that's important because... The baby boomers, people in the 40s, 50s, 60s, they are the most valuable, especially when we're talking about America and the UK and Europe. 
They are the single most valuable demographic in the world. They have the most money. They have the most money to spend. And Facebook has them. Like they're not going to go elsewhere. But why Mark Zuckerberg is worried is that if the young people don't come into the kind of the top of the funnel, then it is a sunset business because at a certain point, your users all die. <laughs> That's why mm. he's so desperate to get this whole new generation of people in using their services, creating that kind of that network effect where this is where you and all of your friends are, but that's not happening right now, which is why he's making such a big bet on the metaverse. Mark Zuckerberg as the face of the metaverse, mm. as you say, gambling so much on this working. If it doesn't work, where will that leave him? Someone who's known so much success from such a young age. Well, it's really interesting. You know, most public companies, most publicly traded companies are democracies at the end of the day, insofar as that they're owned by their shareholders. And if shareholders are really angry, typically because the share price has collapsed. Shares of Meta plummeting this morning down over 22% after the company missed revenue estimates for the second quarter in a row and lowered its outlook for the fourth quarter. In cases like that, very often, that is when a CEO loses his job because the shareholders revolt and they push that person out and bring in somebody else to kind of remake the machine. In the case of Meta, that is not ever going to happen because Zuckerberg is effectively emperor there for life. He has a dual share voting share structure, which means that he effectively controls the company in his hands alone. He has majority control of the voting shares, which means the only way he would ever leave as if he decided, you know what, I want to go live on my compound in Hawaii and I don't want to do this anymore. But that doesn't look like even a remote possibility. So this is not a democracy. It's a dictatorship and everybody else is along for the ride. You've been listening to Stories of Our Times, a podcast brought to you thanks to subscribers of The Times and The Sunday Times with me, Jenny Kleeman, and my guest, Sunday Times West Coast correspondent, Danny Fortson. You can read more of Danny's work at thetimes.co.uk or in print on Sundays. The producer was Edward Drummond. The executive producer today is James Shield and sound design was by David Crackles. If you have a story you think we should be covering, an idea for a future episode, or thoughts on what you've just heard, send us an email to storiesofourtimes at thetimes.co.uk. See you again soon. <laughs>